Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in March and April, so you could smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Por Laranaga Monte Carlos, H. Upman Connoisseur No. 2, Monte Cristos Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana El Principe, H. Upman Half Corona, and for our conversation with Cohiba Production Manager, Danilo Rodriguez-Portal, Cohiba Bihike 54. And for New Worlds, we've got Foundation the Tabernacle in Lancero, Padilla Candela in Robusto, Davidoff Late Hour in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua Sonata in Maestro, and the Davidoff Winston Churchill in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. So good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Roosters, Senator Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some rum, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 95th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We smoke one of Pagoda's old favorites. We discuss the cigar industry's major legal victory over the FDA. We learn that DoorDash is delivering cigars in Texas, and we discuss the spotted lanternfly invasion, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Mount Gay XO Rum with Foundation Cigars El Wawense in Toro Huaco. Toro tonight from Foundation on the pod. It's called the El Wawense Toro Huaco. It's a 56 ring gauge cigar by six inches, and Pagoda's so excited to smoke it, boys. He lit it about 10 minutes ago. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it looks like a double Toro. One of my favorites. <laughs> it fits straight into my mouth. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. <laughs> it's a, I mean, this is a beautiful cigar, man. Yeah, it's beautifully made. Great. So, the other cigar we did from Foundation was the Tabernacle, yeah. which performed uh, pretty well. Yep. Nick Malilo's company. We can get into the history a little bit. But first, boys, let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. This was a recommendation from Pagoda. Used to smoke the cigar a lot, right? Uh, yeah, I used to smoke a lot. Um, these uh, I was introduced uh, to this uh, by either Cliff or... I forgot the name of the guy at Nat Sherman. So I used to go to Nat Sherman a lot. Uh, and this is, we were talking about, I just moved to the city in 2015, you know, started going to Nat Sherman again. It was great. You know, after work, I would just go drop by for a cigar. And, you know, I was really into New Worlds, as you all know. And um, at that point in time, uh, one of the guys introduced me to this. And I really, uh, really enjoyed the cigar at that point in time. And it became uh, one of my go-tos. And, so whenever I felt that I didn't know what to smoke or was uh, hesitating, I would just uh, pick one of these. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, this foot and the wrapper, it smells incredible. The cold draw is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Fruity, right? A little bit fruity. fruity. This could be the most uh, fruit-forward cold yeah. draw that we've had on the podcast. Raisin plum, I'm getting. Yeah. You're right. High um, expectations. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I was surprised when it came in. Obviously, it's a Toro, but this is a significant... Uh, size cigar oh it's a monster i mean this is not little no I, f- I forget i forget how toros really uh really look <laughs> meaning this is f- huge 
I can't imagine ever smoking these. This is what Pagoda used to smoke before he met us. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now he's a Lancero guy. Yeah, but Lancero guy and into mild and medium, you know. So nice cold draw. Yeah, great cold draw. Yeah. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The El Wawense Toro Huaco. It's a 56 ring gauge cigar by six inches long. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. Corojo 99. In all aspects of the cigar. Wrapper, binder, and filler. Mm-hmm. How much were these? Under 10 bucks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Very reasonable. Again, this is from Foundation Cigar, Nick Malilo, the former man who was in charge of tobacco at Drew Estate for a long period of time. This was his first cigar that he launched under his own brand. Obviously, he has a lot more than that now. And uh, people love this cigar, like Pagoda. I used to, meaning I haven't had these for quite some time. Uh, but yeah, meaning this really, like I bought boxes of these, uh, obviously uh, going to Nat Sherman, you know, you, in those days you used to get the opportunity to meet uh, the guys uh, like Nick Melillo um, in events. And, uh, you know, I don't remember much of the story because I was drinking a lot, but, uh, <laughs> you know, first hand, First time, it was me, him, and a buddy of mine, Chad. We, three of us, were just hanging out and talking to him for maybe half hour. And um, El Giguente. I don't know. We don't call it Hua Wonce. <laughs> oh, God. So this is pretty nice on the light, guys. It's a pretty full flavored cigar right off the bat. Yeah, Nicaraguan, meaning, you know, I would imagine at least it used to be so much more in my flavor profile, I think. Uh, the likelihood of us enjoying it, I thought, would be high. Well, I'm glad we have it in a Toro because there's so little flavor. We just need <laughs> yeah. as much of this as we can get. <laughs> yeah, it being... does come in a Lancero as well, by the way. Oh, oh, wow! It comes. I'm seeing it comes in five sizes: Corona Gorda, 46 by 5.6; a Robusto, 50 by five and a half; a Churchill, 48 by seven. Maybe that's the one you're thinking. Yeah, maybe that's the Torpedo, whole... 52 by 6.2. And this is the Toro Huaco, 56 by 6. So this is what I used to smoke. And that's why I'm glad we, we're doing this. Uh, although I know that uh, Nick's favorite size is not this one. I think it's a different size. I don't know which one it was. But but he was very excited about the cigar. I think it's his uh, first cigar that he made uh, yeah, this is the first one. Yeah, this is the first one that came out when Foundation was launched. In the, I think it was in the mid-2010s. Late 2010s. And we did a whole history on uh, the foundation on that previous episode. So if you're interested in that, check it out. But boys, I'm getting a really, a ton of flavor on this. But not, I'm not. it's not kicking me around, which I'm happy about. Yeah, and I'm not getting a specific note, but it's enjoyable. I'm liking it. I'm still getting the raisin and plum that I got in a cold draw. Do you get a little coffee? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Espresso. A little coffee at the end, though. Yeah. I'm getting some sweetness at the front. Mm-hmm. As soon as I draw it in, just a touch of sweetness. Um, it's it's still fruity. Yeah. And there's definitely definitely coffee there as well. There's a lot of tobacco in this. Dude, oh, yeah. This is a heavy cigar. Heft. For $10, right. this is a true value, it seems, for what you're getting. And the draw, the construction is excellent. Oh, yeah. Wide open. I mean, that's one thing I give Foundation credit for generally. Their cigars are all very excessively priced. Mm-hmm. I've never had this cigar, but there's a kind of newer version that they made of it called the Wise Man Maduro, 
Um, that has the red band, correct? That's right. I've this, heard of that. This is like the original Wise Man, and then they came out with the Maduro version. The only reason I tried that, uh, I had mentioned the cigar bar Shelley's in uh, in DC that I uh, visit a lot. Every year when CA has the top 25, they get all the new worlds that are in the top 25, and that Wise Man Maduro was like within the top 10 or top 5 one year. So that's why I tried it. It was actually pretty good. I bought a box after having it. So Pagoda was telling me that he likes the original Wise Man, so I'm glad we're trying this. Yeah. No, I, I tried the Maduro once. I, I didn't enjoy it as much, at least in those days. And I just stuck to, you know, like the thing about me, that I stick to what I like for, for quite some time. And this was one of those uh, where I, I smoked this uh, and introduced uh, a lot of my friends to it. And I think everybody enjoyed it, uh, at least for that period of time. Mm. Uh, we're talking about mid 2015, 16. Yeah. So the pronunciation of the name on this was something I certainly got wrong leading up to the episode. Even I put it in that intro thing that I do so people can, you know, the lizards out there can grab cigars that we're going to smoke. It is not Caguense. It is Wawense. 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 Even though there's a lot of Gs in it, hmm. uh, it is El Wawense, and it's a Nicaraguan Puro. And there's an interesting anecdote on Foundation's website about the line that I'll read. <clears throat> it says, for 500 years, Nicaragua has served as a crossroads of cultures, even since indigenous inhabitants mocked arriving Spanish conquistadors as a colorful costumed satirical masterpiece called El Luense, or the wise man. That's what that means, obviously. It's Nicaragua's signature work of drama, the ultimate expression of its unique history, language, dance, and culture. This grand bale or great dance continues today, not only in the form of long-held folkloric performances, but in the careful blending of Nicaraguan tobacco, which is some of the richest, most flavorful filler tobacco in the world. I thought that was a nice little uh, nice, nice little blurb about the cigar. Well written. Interesting history, too, um, you know, to the name of the cigar, too, hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, you know, I haven't heard a, a lot from Nick uh, Melillo recently, right? Like, uh, I'm sure that he's introducing new cigars, but, uh, yeah, it seems like he's definitely an up-and-comer in the... The guy industry with his own brand, of course. I, th I think he was involved in Liga Number no. Nine, by the way. Yeah, he was the tobacco head for all of Drew Estate. I think he was very involved in Liga and the Underground series as well. But so Foundation has a lot of offerings. El Wawense, as we know, we just spoke about the Wise Man Maduro, which is the sister cigar to this, the Tabernacle, which we did, the High Clare Castle, Charter Oak, the Upsetters, Menelik, Knight Commander. Matapa, and then finally Olmec, which has been a cigar I've seen a lot of guys smoking. I've had that. A is few that times. Olmec cigar? Yeah, I've had that. That is one of his. Yeah. I didn't realize it was one of his until we came in today, but um, yeah. I've actually had some listeners request that, so we'll have is to that add right? that to the list. We have to do that on the podcast because I I feel like I just keep seeing people I, smoke it, and I constantly. look at the label, and I'm like, is that like a attempt at Cohiba know, labeling or something. I'm always very confused when I see it, but yeah. it's very popular. It's a, it's a nice cigar. It does need to dry out a bit when you buy it from the store. No doubt. This, though, the aroma is fantastic. This is good. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to say, Pagoda was correct. He does offer a Lancero. Now it's 7.5 by 40 in an odd 13-count box, <laughs> which is pretty cool. There's also a... Uh, little perfecto uh, four inch by 60. So like I said, all of the tobacco wrapper, binder, and filler are Corojo 99. And also 
in uh, in the filler is Criojo 98. And they all come in 25-count boxes, except for the Lancero that I just mentioned. And Cigar Aficionado gives the line a 92-point. Oh, wow. So we'll see how we compare tonight. Like uh, Senator said, it ended up in the uh, top 25, which is why you had it at Shelley's. By the way, I had a listener email us uh, saying that because of your recommendation, they went to Shelley's and absolutely loved it. So I love hearing that. Yeah. It's a great spot. Yeah. It's the only spot, right? Now it's the only spot. Yep. Which is a tragedy. I know. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad I left DC. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, we have 11 spots in New York. Uh, the, yeah. I'm sure they're on the decline. They've been on the decline for a while now. Uh, I know. It's like we are the pariah community, but what do we do? So I'm getting a little bit of a Tatawahe type pepper thing on this. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm getting that pepper. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a pepper for sure. Which yeah. is kind of taking taking it down a step for me. I don't like that. It's strange. I don't get any pepper. No really? harshness I, for I me. Get, I get cedar, earth. Cedar, yes. Peppery, earth. Little, little black pepper kind Interesting. of Interesting. Maybe a touch. Yeah. Hmm. The aroma is great, though. Honestly, I'm getting a little maple on it, which is unusual. If you're at the burn line. Yeah, it's a little sweetness. Yeah. I'm still getting that sweetness on the front of my tongue, which yeah. is helping with the pepper in the back. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't love that pepper thing hmm. that some of these new worlds have. I'm not getting a lot of pepper, though. No, it's not pronounced. I get just a little bit, which yeah. for me is a good amount. Oh, yeah. Tatuaje sometimes can be like a pepper bomb, it's, which that's is all. Much. I think that's the entire flavor profile of Tatuaje. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, if you look at the wrapper, right? Like, I, I think uh, the wrapper is a Kuroho wrapper and... Uh, what they do is uh, they put the sheets for the wrapper to grow in Nicaragua because in Nicaragua you don't get wrappers. Like you don't get the tobacco to really roll wrappers. So they put sheets so that the tobacco grows a little lighter and thinner. And um, that's the wrapper they use over here. Mm. It's, um, it's interesting, like the processes. Because if you really... Talk to Nick. He's based out of, I think, Connecticut. Yeah, he's in Connecticut. And he's yeah. really into the Connecticut shade and rappers and, you know, obviously, whatever he's learned through his uh, lifetime. Um, but he brings some uh, really good cigars. Actually, very recently I saw an article that uh, he was pretty heavily impacted by weather. Lost a lot of crop, I think, due to heavy water hmm. uh, up in Connecticut. So that's unfortunate. I think yeah. they're going to have enough to make you know, the next year or two of, of tobacco, but it certainly affected the crop. Sounds like a price increase coming. Very well could be. Yeah. But at 10 bucks, I mean, I mean 12 bucks even, I mean, this is a very... Great value. Yeah. So he grows his own tobacco? He does in yeah. Connecticut, yeah. In Connecticut. And in Nicaragua. Ah. Yeah. He's a big grower of Connecticut uh, tobacco up there. But this was uh, all grown in Nicaragua, obviously, and it was also rolled in Nicaragua. And that's the lead. How are you finding the ring gauge, guys? I don't love it. I mean, obviously, we did such a block of thinner ring gauge cigars um, that we had, a, you know, obviously, we have to cover everything. This is not my preference. The reason why we did this one was Pagoda said this is the sure, one we smoke. So, obviously, this is the one we want to do. But I would not reach for this mm-hmm. unless it really ends up blowing me away tonight. This is not a size that I even would reach for in they my They make tower. a 46, right? They, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm impressed so far. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'll say about the ring gauge. I, I'm in Gizmo's camp in that this is not a ring gauge that I reach for often, but I'm pleasantly surprised that 
my problem sometimes with larger ring gauge cigars, I feel like I just don't get as much flavor. It's like so much air is just mm-hmm. running through it that it kind of mutes some of the flavor notes, but I'm getting a lot of flavor out of this. And so I think because it's it's a fuller cigar, yep. it holds up well in a larger format. Also, the density of the roll helps. That's it, true. It minimizes that airflow. Yeah, and bigger the ring gauge, the cooler the smoke. That's true too, right? Because so, it's airflow. Yeah. yeah. But it's, but it's a reasonably light cigar to hold. Like, it doesn't feel very heavy. It's, it's got it's some, got some heft, density got some to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, which I like. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it feels significant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but great construction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine's burning great. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the other thing that, you know, to piggyback on what Senator was saying, I, I, what, I would, what I would be concerned with in a smaller ring gauge is concentrating this flavor more mm-hmm. and creating more oomph. You know that you're not maybe not getting in this bigger ring gauge. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure that they're adjusting blend accordingly. But mm-hmm. I would think in a smaller ring gauge, you're definitely getting a little bit more of a powerful cigar. Oh yeah, you know, especially in a Lancero. Oh yeah, or a Corona Gorda. Imagine this guy a Lancero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit different experience than the uh, mm-hmm. the Cubans or the Dominicans. I'm just glad nobody's put it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes a listen. It takes a bad cigar for us to put it down, but um, it's performing really, really well. I don't think you've met Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> he never puts a cigar down. I even smoked a Zito. <laughs> That's right, and loved it. <laughs> I thought that was a, a, a Kaidorse. That's what a, I thought. It was a collab. <laughs> <laughs> Kai Dorsey. So for the listener, we're referencing a uh, previous episode where we told the story of uh, Pagoda and Puba pranking uh, Rooster by putting a uh, Kai Dorsey Cuban band, the Kai Dorsey number no. 50, on a Zeno Davidoff budget entry-line cigar I and totally fooling him. Have nightmares. Oh, please. <laughs> Don't make him relive it because, you know, the more you make him relive it, the more I'm tense all the time around him. Yeah, it's been a while and Pagoda's still nervous. I think that that's how I'm going to be for the rest of my life it's, around him. It's, it's understandable, man. <laughs> so speaking of gifts, I yes. want to get to the gifts that you brought yes, us. because let's do it. What is this now? This is excellent. I, I'm in the loop on this, but I'm um, very excited to see what you guys think. What is going on? Yeah, so Rooster brought us some gifts tonight for the lizards. Wow. Are they Zenos? <laughs> His new favorite. <laughs> I think for I think for uh, Christmas we should all go in and buy I, him a uh, box I of pass. Zenos. I pass. <laughs> so Rooster handed out a velvet bag with drawstrings to each of us with something on the inside. Yeah, just open it. Okay. Oh wow! Wow! All right. What the heck? So Rooster got us official. Custom lounge lizard with our names on them. Cigar stands. Dude. Cigar stands made by Troy. Yeah, Habano Troy. Habano Troy Woodworks. Yep, Troy Woodworks. Check them out, by the way. Makes amazing stuff. That's cool. Yeah, custom engraved with our lounge lizards logo and uh, and our... Yeah, it's a pagoda over there. This is fantastic. You know what? I'm going to put my cigar in mine right What I love about it, it has a keychain, so you can put it on the keys and take it anywhere. That's cool. It like comes apart. Yeah, Troy makes some great stuff. So Troy Woodworks, I think his website is TroyWoodworks.com. He makes custom draw tools, custom ashtrays, uh, custom cabinets, obviously custom metal work like this. Really, that's great work. Every kind of accessory you can imagine for the cigar community, Troy makes them. 
And he's awesome. I have he's, goosebumps because I I've wanted a, a cigar holder stand like this, and I just never bothered buying. Yeah, one. I've only seen Gizmo has one. I mean, I don't I don't own one. I don't know if you guys have one. All right, so I'll say this: like Bam, I've wanted one for a while. I've just looked at them online. Most of them, they just don't look great. They, yeah. They're not good quality. Um, I mean, Gizmo's works really well because it's integrated with his cutter, so he doesn't yeah, it's even a, it's have an, to. It's a Dupont. It's like two hundred right. bucks. It's yeah, stupid. Right. But um, this is really nicely done. Very cool. I love this. Oh yeah, thank and you I, so much, man. I actually am happy that it's it's the metal one and not You're the welcome. wood. Yeah, this is fantastic. Thanks, Rooster. Awesome. So Thank he, you, Rooster. Yeah, he also sent me a. Uh, you can also get this made in wood, but I think stainless steel just kind of feels. It's got some heft. It's, yeah, it has it feels to nice it. in your hand. What this will do is when you're in a club and you pull it out and you put your cigar in that, it's going to be a, a piece that everyone will chat about. That's cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what's nice too, it's stainless steel, so it holds this massive cigar that we have in our hands. Right <laughs> yeah, now. it's not buckling. Yeah, and you can also <laughs> you can also get this as a. He also does like a bottle opener thing, you know, built right, in cool. into that. Wow. So. I got to say, the lizard uh, logo really came out nice on yeah, it. Yeah, Senator it was great. commenting on that, but very cool. It came out really good. Our name right above it. So well thank done. you, Rooster. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, guys. I'm going to employ this right now. Yeah, welcome. in episode. Lizard Troy, well done. Fantastic. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. He also sent me a a torch lighter on him. Oh, nice. With our logo engraved and really? uh, personalized it. Yeah. Where's mine? Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. The hell? Yeah, there you go. For you, forty nine ninety five. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> done. So, boys, let's talk about our pairing tonight. I think that I'm hoping that this um, goes really well with the cigar. It's Mount Gay XO Rum from Barbados. Barbados, that's right. Yeah, so we got this from a lizard friend of ours, Eddie Mau Mau, uh, who I actually met in Cuba mm. in March. Uh, he was there with uh, with ne our friend Nestor and uh, met him with uh, Bruce and Phil. And... Uh, very, very kind guy, and we were at a party the other night, and he said he thought of us when he went to Barbados and brought us back some XO rum, uh, Mount Gay, hmm. which I haven't had, so I'm really excited to yeah. try it. It's 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 delicious. And I found it weird, Senator, I think we talked about this when he gave it to us. I find it weird that it has that cognac mm. age statement on it. Is that a common thing? Is um, that So it, it is, um, I hate to say it, it, it is among... Rums I don't usually like, uh, <laughs> so I was very skeptical of this. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, look, like Ronzacapa is a very popular rum. Uh, they have an XO. It is so insanely sweet. It is so clear. There's so many additives in it. I I don't enjoy it. I mean, it, it tastes built for kids. It's not an adult drink. But this, I have to say, this is really good. I I, I mean, I'm sipping this neat. I yeah, think me too. All of us are. Yeah, we, we are, are. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. I think it's great. Yep. Wonderful neat. It pairs well with the cigar. I think it has the perfect amount of viscosity to it. Agreed. Yep. And, you know, again, credit to you, Senator. A perfect pairing for this New World Cigar tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So Mount Gay actually has a really cool history. It's the the oldest rum company in the entire world. I had really? not known wow. that prior to us doing this. Um, but it dates back. There's a deed of sale for the original plantation that they started making the rum at from 1703. Wow, just crazy. That's 70 something years before the founding of the United States of it's America. It's unbelievable. That's yeah. crazy. 
And then kind of uh, this guy, John Sober, bought this in 1747 and kind of grew this into the the real distillery and, and brand that it is today. There are tons of jokes about this guy last name being Sober. Yeah. The irony's not lost. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of interesting facts about their history. I'll go through first just kind of how the distillery changed hands and then just some really interesting stuff about kind of how they do things. So I mentioned John Sober purchased in 1747. The name doesn't obviously come from John Sober, Mount Gay. It comes from um, his friend, this guy, Sir John Gay Allen, who eventually he had managed the business for him. And this guy came up with all these innovations in the distilling process, like really took it to the next level. So the Sober family wanted to rename the brand after him. And apparently there's a Mount Allen in Barbados, so they couldn't name it after his last name. So his other, one of his names, Gay, that's how they got Mount Gay, uh, became the name. Today, though, uh, in the late 90s, uh, Remy Contreau owns the the brand now. So really? it's part of kind of oh, the Remy okay. empire. Hmm. But um, a lot of interesting stuff about it. It is, uh, there's four different types of stills that they use to make this. I almost wish a grinder would love a lot of this, but... They have uh, small Spanish and Scottish pot stills, a coffee column still, which we did a uh, Japanese whiskey made That's right. in, yep. uh, coffee stills. And their most recent addition- Was is that an, the Nikka coffee grain? Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. Which was very good. Yeah, that was, was great. Yeah. It was great. Um, and their most recent addition is an Irish column still, um, which is cool. So uh, kind of very innovative approaches. It's not like a, I wouldn't say it's the most traditional of uh, rum producers, Another interesting fact about Mount Gay, their current master distiller, Trudianne Branker, is the first woman in its history to run things now, um, which I think I mentioned. We did Appleton Estate. Appleton Estate had the first woman master distiller of any spirit at any distillery in the world. Wow. They kind of wow. you know broke the glass ceiling there, and it's amazing now, Mount Gay. I got to give the Caribbean credit. To have two of the biggest names in rum, Appleton Estate and Mount Gay, both having female master distillers is pretty incredible. It's pretty it cool, yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, so in terms of their line, there's four main expressions they have. The entry level is Mount Gay Silver, which is a mixing rum, not obviously to be drank uh, straight like we are. Next, they have a rum called Eclipse that's aged in two years in ex-bourbon barrels. Then they have a black barrel expression that's a mix of pot and column stills. And that's repurposed in bourbon barrels as well. Then the XO, extra old, what we're drinking now, which has a blend of rums that see from eight to 15 years in the barrel. Wow. So a, a hefty amount of age. And then their highest end one is called 1703. And that's a blend that varies um, from year to year, but is said to include 30-year-old rums wow. in that I'm sure blend. that's pretty pricey. Um, something that I was fascinated reading, because this must be true of, it, it certainly is true of all kind of rums that are distilled in the Caribbean. It says, uh, Mount Gay, their rum ages nearly three times as quickly as spirits that are barrel aged in cooler climates. And then that would obviously hold true for all these rums distilled in the Caribbean. And it's basically the temperature. It says that about 10% of their aging rum is lost to evaporate evaporation annually. Wow. So uh, it's just fascinating because you look at some of the age statements and the fact that it says like eight to 15 years, that's a significant amount of age, but eight years is, is 
almost you think of how smooth certain rums can be. I mean, even Havana Club, what that's a Havana Seven, Seven, yep, right. Mm-hmm. But it it drinks like it has more age than seven years, that's and true. I think that's a reflection of really the climate. So which it's just I the never heat. Knew. Mm. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Which makes sense because you know wine. Why don't you want to keep wine? Why do you want to avoid putting wine in high temperatures because it'll age too quickly? Right. And wine is all about finding kind of that sweet spot. And if you accelerate that process too quickly, the wine's going to be bad if you sit on it for 10 years. And then the last thing is just the Mount Gay Estate, which you can visit in Barbados. I've never been, but at some point now, I kind of want to check this out. They're, they are on a 280-acre estate. Wow. Which is wild. So uh, a lot of history. It, it's a really cool brand. And it was funny. I was talking to Puba uh, recently about this. And he was pointing out, if you think back like pina coladas for years where they'd have like a rum floater sometimes, it's usually Mount Gay that they would have as like right? the floater on top. I didn't know that. But, um, Is it like the silver they're using? No, no, no. The, the floater is the dark rum. So what's oh, excuse me. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. But uh, it's really good. I'm enjoying this. So I'm... I'm going to say when I saw the XO on it, it was like, okay, this is just marketing or it's some sort of weird use of the the cognac type of uh, marking on their expressions. But based on what you just said, it seems totally appropriate for them to be using XO on this rum. Yeah. Like based on the age and and based on their line. That's true. It seems like it makes a a ton of sense to me. Honestly, if you take it at uh, at the nose, there's a clear maple note which is really enjoyable this is a, quite a delicious drink it's and this great. is a wonderful sipping rum with oh, cigars oh yeah oh yeah it's a very like cognac-esque did you say or no or is not it so much no? No. no it's traditional, traditional rum, rum notes rum. yeah yeah but just done well and smooth and balanced like i was worried that this would be aggressively sweet and it's not yeah mm-hmm. Which is nice, and it's not overproofed. Where you, you know we've we've had that experience with the Foursquare. Oh yeah, the cask, uh, <laughs> the morning cask after strength. It's like that that stuff like oh, yeah. knocks you around. Like if you don't have an, a cube of ice in that, oh, it's like, like a horse tranquilizer. Yeah, yeah you're it's a problem. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Pagoda, what do you think of the rum? I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, not very sweet. Because I like I'm not a big rum guy as well, right? Like I'm a whiskey guy and. Uh, for me, uh, except for the Havana Club, which I really enjoy, I you know this is another rum I'm really enjoying. The signature note apparently from Mount Gay, and as you just smell the nose, you get a blast of it immediately. And it's vanilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you, that's what I'm. Maybe getting. that's what yeah. you're getting, Bam. Instead of the maple, yeah. Can I say something crazy? It's... I think this is the closest rum that I've tasted outside of Havana hmm. that tastes like Cuban rum. Yeah. Yeah, and Pagoda just mentioned that as well. Are yeah. we on the same page Gizmo, or what? You literally <laughs> read my mind. I do that a lot. So, should, Guys, should we leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, I say it with so much enthusiasm because I've grown to absolutely love mm-hmm. Cuban rum. Oh, yeah. It's as good as it gets for me at this point. And it's so hard to find good rum outside of Cuba. I mean, I've mentioned like Appleton Estate, I really like uh, their 12-year is great. But outside of that, Foursquare, I said it when we reviewed it. It's just too aggressive for me. I, I like the flavor. I just, I, I can't responsibly drink that, you know, yeah. in any real setting. So you need to plan two days of nothing. Yes, exactly. Shut it down. Uh, yeah. So it's just been so sad for me. The fact that like, there's really only one brand that I can legally purchase here that I actually enjoy drinking and everything else I just find to be too sweet, too so many additives, mm-hmm. just tastes artificial. And this is as close 
to Havana Club or some of the Cuban rums we've had as anything I've yeah, had. Yeah, I find it closer to the Santiago that we had in Cuba for me personally. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Wow. The 11. Yeah. For me. I agree. I think this is definitely closer to Santiago yeah, than Havana delicious. Club. This but is a great, great option. To if, have. You took the, if, if you took the label off of this bottle and said that this was Cuban rum, I would totally believe it. I agree. Yeah. No question. It's really good. So I think what we learned, obviously, in Havana is that how well that rum pairs with cigars. Obviously, it's a classic sure. you know, marriage mm -hmm. uh, in Cuba and with cigars. And yeah. this is something I'm absolutely going to run out and buy. No doubt. Yeah, this is a game changer because at this point, I get anxiety when I'm running out of Havana Club <laughs> or just any Cuban rum. And some some You're not lizards close here. To that. Some lizards here have really uh, depleted my stash. I'm of, looking uh, around. I don't see anybody. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody behind you. There's nobody behind me. <laughs> so the fact that now we, I think we have found something that is a completely worthy substitute. Th this is game changing. For I me. agree. Is yeah. it readily available? Oh yeah. Yeah. Total Wine, any major uh, liquor store would definitely have Mount Price Cassandra. point? It's a good question. Let me look that I'm up. I'm looking right now. While he's doing that, surprising with a screw top, like a screw cap, that you're getting such quality. Well, that's because it's a small bottle. It's yeah. not the full bottle. Does it come with a larger bottle? I'm oh, sure. really? Yeah. Ah, that's the one to get. So uh, the Mount Gay Extra Old, which is the XO, uh, 55 a bottle, which is a great deal. That's a great deal. I'm going to run out and buy that tomorrow. Great deal. Me too. This is really nice sipping rum. Oh, yeah. It is. And, and pairs I, perfectly with cigars. And so I think if you put ice in it, I actually think it would take away. I don't think diminish, it would add. I, think, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No need. Because And what's nice, too, is having said that, the viscosity, like I said before, is perfect for you know the pairing with cigars. Yeah. It's like the flavor, the proof, the viscosity, everything seems right. Oh, yeah. So for, for like an extra special rum... Would you say Santiago 20 is like the oh. best you've had? Yeah, that's a 10. That's tremendous. So, right? yeah. yeah, that's tremendous. That's a flat yeah. 10 all yeah. day. All day long. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what we rated it. I think we on did. On the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Straight 10s, 10. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, a, that's a brilliant rum. No, that's an expensive rum, right? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 160 a bottle or something like that. Oh, and wow. that was in Havana. Yeah. Which is the, obviously the only place you can get it. Yeah, yeah. So, boys, we're coming in the second third here on the El Wawense Toro Huaco. What do you guys think? I like it. Yeah, the pepper is kind of tamed down a little bit for me. Maybe the rum has helped with that. Yeah. But uh, this is really a pleasant cigar. I don't know if I would compare this to any other cigar that we've done on the pod. No, it's a I, little I'm, different. I'm trying to find cigars to compare it to. Um, Tatuaje I mentioned before, which was um, was not a positive comparison for me. No. I, I, but that's kind of faded. It's, it's kind of in a league of its own right now. I agree. It has notes in it that we could pull out from different cigars, but there's no one brand or cigar that I would say brings together these flavors in the way this cigar does. On the retrohale, you get a nice little sweet fruit note and a little potpourri. It's actually very nice. Yeah, the flavor hasn't really changed much from the beginning. It's consistent. About halfway. Yeah. It's about the same. Consistent, yep. I'm this finding a, the construction to be excellent it's too. It's awesome. I've realized that if you if you really go back and we look at a lot of the new worlds, we don't mind Nicaraguan puros. Um, yeah, we rate them. them. We rate yeah. them well. Yeah, I we think so. And I mean, obviously, this tobacco is coming out with some age on it. I don't think there's a specific age statement on this. Not that I've found, but clearly, you know, as as with all Nicaraguan tobacco that we smoke, 
there's there's got to be age on it for it to be yeah, it's a so, palatable experience. It's so refined, and it's got to be a few years in the factory before it's rolled. Yeah, and just Nicaraguan tobacco is so strong to begin with. I mean, yeah. you'd be hard-pressed to put out any <laughs> cigar with super fresh Nicaraguan tobacco. I just feel like it'd kick you around. We should have like a, a, like a study done on the palate of the blenders who blend this Nicaraguan tobacco and smoke it fresh. Like, I can't imagine what that experience is like. But would you think this is medium or medium full? I think it's get, medium full. Yeah, I would say medium, medium full. full yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's not it's offensive not complete, in any yeah. way. Yeah, it's not completely like it's not it's full. Not, yeah, no. yeah, medium, no. it's a medium full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe as it heats up towards that last third, as we get to that, maybe it, yeah. it might pick up. But I guess we'll see. It's smoking well above its pay grade. I agree. Oh, I agree with that. For, for ten, 10 bucks, bucks, dude. Yeah, this is unbeatable. Absolutely. So, boys, the. Uh, Cigar industry had a big win against the United States Food and Drug Administration, which has been, I guess, what, a seven or eight year fight now? We've talked about it on the podcast a few times. Uh, I believe when Judge uh, Mehta put out, uh, I guess, a previous briefing about kind of where his thoughts were. I did want to say, say Indian judge. Indian judge. (laughs) (laughs) No, what you said was... You can say that. I'm not saying that. An an Indian brother. (laughs) Indian brother. Indian brother. We should send this guy some cigars. But, uh, you know, what's beautiful is this FDA regulation on premium handmade cigars has been completely thrown out. uh, And those cigars will not be regulated. The current market and also future entrance, which was the concern of, of the various organizations uh, and also the cigar manufacturers of the cost prohibitive nature that this would have brought into the industry to introduce new lines. It would have um, destroyed the boutique brands. It would have. No uh, Foundation Cigar is a good example yeah. of someone that would have, you know, a brand that would have been really affected by exactly this. Exactly right. Yeah. Obviously the big boys, you know, Fuente, oh, yeah. Padron. They can afford to play, but general, it's the boutiques. Yeah. Of course. And they all came in together and, um, and, and won. It's fantastic. It's huge. I mean, the the problem with the the FDA's ruling that that this basically overturned was it treated premium cigars no different than cigarettes, and that 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 whole premise is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. But every person who's ever lobbied on behalf of the cigar industry has said there's no kid like they may pursue cigarettes that is going to try that is pursuing a premium cigar like this. No kids ever. You'll never find a kid walking around the street with a wise man uh, Wawense. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's laughable. The whole thing is just laughable. And it's like to think, you know, they put all the now these, you know, big warning labels on cigarette packs and stuff like that. Obviously, the regulations increase there. There's just no need for the same thing on the. The, the mm-hmm. whole thing is just silly. Oh yeah, I do want to give a shout a shout out to uh, one of the lizards, Mohammed, whom I met in Cartagena. In oh, Colombia, uh, yeah, he's from yeah. California, right? We talked about yeah, him he's on from a California. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent, you know, guy. He could be hanging out with us. He's a lizard. He smokes a lot of cigars. Loves Drew Estate, a lot of the New Worlds primarily, but uh, fantastic. And you know, he sent an article, um, you know, or the memo confirming that uh, the judge uh, kind of ruled against the FDA in terms of uh, trying to you know, uh, label these as a part of the, like under the, whatever the, was it 2019 or 2017? I've forgotten. 16 ruling. Yeah, 16 ruling. Some ruling. Yeah. And um, it's it's fantastic that, you know, the lizards communicate, number one. (laughs) We're very happy with uh, what's happening. And, uh, you know, thank you, Mohammed. 
uh, for, uh, you know, uh, sending that article. We really appreciate it. But, you know, the idea is, uh, once again, that we are a community and we don't want to be labeled with cigarettes because at the end of the day, they haven't found any conclusive evidence of it causing the same harmful effects mm. as cigarettes do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't and, and found any conclusive evidence. The FDA has not been able to come up with anything. And so, hey, listen, this is a win for the cigar community, two folds, right? One, obviously, in terms of uh, the availability of cigars being and it being less regulated. The other being that you can go home and speak to your wife and say, hey, listen, it's not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. You know, the other thing that I'll say, just speaking about the community, the the in the cigar industry deserves a ton of credit on this. I mean, for this to be a seven eight year battle, they spent millions of dollars trying to have having to litigate this whole thing and really seeing it through and sticking with it. Um, I had lunch in in D.C. with um, the the CEO of uh, Cigar Association of America, which is the the lead plaintiff on this suit lawsuit is Cigar Association of America versus the FDA, and. Um, it was so funny because at the time the ruling had not yet come down and this was one of our things we were chatting about. And he's like, you just can't believe for seven years we've been fighting this damn thing and you'd think that at some point finally we're going to be able to get a resolution. And fast forward a mere days after our lunch, boom, this news pops. It's pretty crazy timing. It's yeah, insane it timing. Yep. And so I immediately sent him you know, an email congratulating him and I got a great response. He just <laughs> says, he says, thanks. It only took $7 million in legal fees. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. CAA had to pay $7 million. I think PCA spent about $3 million in legal fees. I'm sure some of the other uh, smaller plaintiffs that signed on obviously spent money. Oh. It's just to think that that's the price of common sense prevailing. That's unbelievable. In, our, in, in this industry that we care about. It's just absurd. It is. And to, to your point about community, uh, Pagoda, you know, all the articles that came out, namely the one in Cigar Aficionado, it's amazing to see the celebratory statements that were put out in conjunction uh, with, with the ruling. I mean, you have quotes from Rocky Patel, Carlos Fuente, Little Gomez, who makes uh, LFD. You have Javier Estadis, who is uh, the president and CEO of Tabaclera and chairman of uh, CAA. And then you also you have Corey Bappert of uh, Oliva. Like you have like ten or fifteen guys putting statements together in unison, celebrating this, which is also you know to your point about community. Like these guys all compete against each other, but not with this. No, no, everybody's on the same page. Sure, it's a united front. No, oh, yeah. it is. And you you know I hope they open up the you know regulations in terms of opening a lot more cigar lounges and stores because you know uh, it's been so difficult to see. A lot of uh, the presence of these, uh, you know, lounges and stores where we can go and access wherever we may be traveling. Um, hopefully, you know, it just opened it up. You know, the well, idea that we need the availability and the accessibility. The difficulty with that, lounges. those are a lot of local ordinances have control over that. The small jurisdictions. They don't necessarily have to be dictated by what was just recently ruled over. That's the problem. No, I agree with you. But you know, the thing is, you walk around New York City and it smells like weed everywhere. You, <laughs> that's you, true. you can't go to that's New right. York City that's, that's and walk true. from Penn Station to Times Square that's true. without smelling weed. Of course. People are allowed to smoke weed on the streets. Mm-hmm. There's stores opening up. 
you know, eventually there'll be lounges opening up for weed. Like, what's going on? Of course. And you're taking cigars and you're you're making us the pariah community. Yeah, yeah. And we 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 don't even distort our state of mind. Right. Yeah. You know, weed does. And so I don't know. Something's amiss. It's a very good point. So yeah, I mean, it, this is a nice signal, hopefully, to state government. I mean, obviously, this is a federal issue, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lawsuit against the FDA. And obviously, that was a big win. But a lot of these laws, like Bam is saying, they really come down to state laws as well as even local ordinances mm -hmm. in counties and yeah. municipalities. And so um, I, I hope that this is a signal to the states and municipalities that, okay, maybe we should stop treating cigars just like we do cigarettes or some of these other products. They're not the same thing. Right. Um, but I hope some of this maybe is already happening. I, I was surprised to read today, uh, Cohiba is opening its very first cigar lounge in the U.S. Really? In Santa Barbara, California. Wow. General, General Cigar Cohiba, not oh, Cuban Cohiba. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Red Dot Cohiba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised but, Santa Barbara. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's yeah California. Thing. If you can find a way to open that's, that in that's, a, that's a awesome. place in California, yeah. that's a good sign <laughs> for is, the industry. Yeah. That's true. So wow. cigar aficionado summed it up pretty nicely to, you know, for someone who doesn't want to go through the entire uh, memo that Pagoda mentioned, what they said was today's news should mention, uh, today's news should mean the end of warning labels, pre-market review of cigars, and other limitations that have impeded the ability of cigar makers to work freely. Mm. So that is wonderful. That that's tremendous. Cigar makers wow. can just get back to work. Yeah. And the other thing that's funny about this is the FDA tried to make the argument that if the industry wins this lawsuit, that that means that premium cigars will be unregulated. And that's total bullshit. Mm -hmm. Cigars, any form of tobacco is regulated in every single state Absolutely. in America, period. So mm -hmm. every state has a minimum smoking age that still applies to premium cigars. Sure. This ruling does not mean that a 14-year-old can go buy a premium cigar. Rightfully. Everybody would agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> nobody's celebrating weed. that Common their 15-year-old right. can go buy a cigar. So it's just like all these scare tactics that were used. And thank gosh, the judge was able to see through all of it and say, you know, there are state laws in place that this will actually have no harmful impact mm -hmm. by basically, you know, deregulating from the FDA's sake, at least. Uh, the premium cigar market, it's still uh, common sense regulation still does exist. And it seems like the judge was very frustrated as well. Like some of the stuff I read, he was not kind mm -hmm. about his, you know, in his comments about the FDA and their approach to this and, and the way Rightfully that they, so. the way that they used uh, data and the studies that they had done to manipulate the, the truth. Yeah. He was not kind about it. Nope. And obviously you're seeing that in the ruling. So this is huge guys. Oh yeah. So I guess this would this means that there would be a lot more boutique cigars would come out now, and uh, yeah, you would see a lot more new stuff coming sure. out, which is only good for the industry. Right? Yeah, and it yeah. also could have been you know it could have also scared you know boutique manufacturers from releasing new stuff or making new lines, just you know anticipating that there may be some significant costs associated with it, or totally being shut down and being able to release it. So hopefully this also ramps up you know research and development, and we see a lot new. A lot of new uh, new releases from, you know, great cigar manufacturers. Yeah, this is great for the lizards, boys. Yeah, I mean, truly, in any industry, it's not every day in any industry that you sue the FDA and win. I mean, this is like monumental just from the standpoint <laughs> of like sticking it to like big government. I mean, that's just they not effectively have unlimited resources. Yeah, you know, like there's no end to what the FDA yeah. can do, right? It's a so, bit of a coup, I guess. Yeah. 
And this may be good for other industries too, that, you know, telling the FDA to not overstep their bounds and focus on the things that they should be focusing on, like cigarettes. That's absolutely right. right. Focus on cigarettes. Yeah. Be my guest. Focus on chewing tobacco. Be my guest. Marketing to kids. Not what our industry is about. We don't do that. So yeah, this is, uh, this is huge. So hopefully we'll be able to have, um, you know, some representatives from the associations on at some point. We will. We yeah. definitely will. Looking forward to that and, and talking to them about what they what they've experienced and learned and and their takeaways. That'll be a great talk. Yeah. yeah. Where are these guys from again? Um, uh, cigar Association of America. So they're the largest trade association on behalf of the cigar industry. So all like the the big like the Altadis, the General Cigars. Um, they're Davidoff. They're their big members. Uh, PCA um, is basically a smaller version of them that's more trade show focused. So like a lot of the the biggest lobbying dollars. Um, legal dollars are really coming from CAA and then PCA is more like industry trade shows, things like that to promote the industry. They lobby as well. Um, and they do great work, but, um, at just kind of different scales. Mm -hmm. But how were you able to meet them? Like what was the connection? Oh, just, um, one of my business partners is uh, a very uh, good friends with someone at CAA and, um, they had wanted to get together okay. and uh, and chat, and we had a, a great conversation. And they're very interested in coming on the podcast. That's awesome. And, cool. Um, this is not the end of issues for the cigar industry. So, like, this is a huge win. But there are other things that they're dealing with around flavors and some other uh, topics that, um, again, you give an inch, and the FDA is going to take a mile. Yeah. And so they're fighting to make sure that um, they don't lose ground on some of these issues that may seem for us like oh well that that doesn't impact us but that's exactly what then opens the gateway to mm-hmm. a lot more uh, overzealous regulation yeah you know we've talked about those flavored cigars those philly blunts those blueberry cigars we don't consider those cigars no we're not going to smoke a those completely on this different type of no, product but the problem is and this is why I, I can't wait for us to have them on the podcast the problem is these are all at the end of the day adult products, and that's, that's how they're marketed. Yeah. There is no advertisement I have seen in my entire lifetime trying to sell a Philly Blunt or even some blueberry flavored acid cigar mm-hmm. to a child. I've never seen it once. And so the idea is if you say to the FDA or any regulatory body that you can preclude grown adults from choosing those products, that's a very slippery slope to them saying they can decide any of these products that we enjoy. And that's what becomes the issue. Yeah. We shall see. Well, Bam, my takeaway from this is that Senator is certainly a global (laughs) cigar insider. (laughs) Would you not say? He's right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) And Pagoda's coming up behind. (laughs) No, this is great. And I'm, I, you know, when Senator was saying that he was meeting with them and then all of a sudden the ruling came down, I mean, this is just fantastic yeah, for the industry. it's tremendous. It is. It's excellent. All right, boys. We're about halfway through the El Wawense, Toro Huaco. What do you guys think? I think it's pretty damn good. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, but it's, you know, it's really interesting because now that I'm smoking it after quite a few years, it seems uh, to me that it's somewhat flattened out. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting that. It's um, no, no. I'm enjoying this. Honestly, it's a it's a very nice experience. It's ro- it's rich, satisfying cigar for the for the dollar value, dude. Oh yeah, for the dollar value, it's, it's, tre- it's it is tremendous. And there's no, no Pagoda, Would you say that that's a product of your palate changing since the last time you I, spoke? I, these? I think so. Of course, you're getting you're, refined. You're, you're, you're evolving. About, <laughs> I'm evolving, hanging out with the lizards. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lizard evolve. <laughs> 
So another note on progress for cigars. We talked about this. Uh, private, you know, before we came on air, this is huge. So apparently DoorDash mm. has partnered with a, a company called Industrial Cigar Company to deliver cigars. This is this like is they do food and alcohol. Unusual. This is amazing. I yeah. am so into this. It's really amazing. interesting. So, I mean, how is this possible? <laughs> These guys have a great story. So basically, it's uh, industrial cigar companies in Frisco, Texas, in like the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And during the pandemic, like every tobacconist had to grapple with when things were shut down, they had a really hard time. They're a brick-and-mortar-based business. They had no way to basically get people to come in to buy cigars. So they, I think, created a website. They started selling stuff online. But they had this clever idea, especially for these local folks, because they're not, they don't want to pay to ship this all the way. You know, it's like someone who lives five minutes away from their, their retail shop. And so they reached out to DoorDash to see if they'd be willing to partner to actually DoorDash cigars out to their customers. And they agreed and partnered. And they're now still doing this, which is unbelievable. Wow. It's incredible. I yeah. mean, the fact that, like, th this is the problem with all this kind of regulation. The fact that any adult can go on DoorDash or Uber Eats or some of these platforms and have liquor or Drizzly yeah, yeah. delivered to their door, a product that is 21 plus, why not this? Mm -hmm. Especially premium. This is not a cigarette, especially a premium cigar. Why shouldn't an adult be able to have this delivered to their home? So I hope that this starts to take off in some other states and markets that maybe realize we do this with alcohol responsibly. Why can't we do it responsibly with this product? Yeah. So is this a nationwide thing? I can go online? No, no, no. Just, just in a, Frisco, Texas. I think that's oh. their, that's kind of their testing ground. Uh, and obviously uh, every state's going to be different. Not, I think yeah. Texas is not, probably- Not every little, state is Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably a little easier if, than New Jersey or ca yeah, Connecticut or California. Or any lizards like. that live out there, give it a try and please report back to us. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Just, just think about this. How many times have we been out at a lounge, anywhere, we're having cigars, and mm -hmm. let's say you know we have we're, we're running out of kind of what we brought to smoke, and at that point you're really limited, right? It's what does the next guy have that maybe they want to share, mm -hmm. or you know, what does a cigar vending machine have if <laughs> you somehow encounter <laughs> one of these? Or things. what does Seven Eleven have? The, right, the Philly Blunt Department. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine just sitting there one night and saying, "I'm really craving a Padron 80th," and just having a DoorDasher? bring you a Padron 80. How, how amazing would that be? It'd be incredible. It's decadent is what it is. Or bringing seven of them. I mean, I don't even care if I had a Padron 80. If this was available, I just want to support this happening. I just want to have one delivered to me. Yeah. It's like the wonder of cigars. It'd be oh, amazing. Yeah. And, and that would that would definitely prevent me from smoking any Zenos yeah. under the <laughs> label. That's true. <laughs> and you know, to Pagoda's point and what we just talked about with the FDA, it's like, you know, liquor being delivered to your home. Mm. I mean, I've had liquor delivered to my home. They just leave it sometimes. You're supposed to, it's like, it's kind of loosey-goosey. And like Pagoda said, cigars are not mind-altering. No. You know, you could smoke a cigar and get in the car right after. And, you know, you're not having a, an impairment issue. That's right. So it makes no sense to me that tobacco is so, that, excuse me, that premium handmade cigars are so looked down upon like they would with cigarettes or something else. There was buried in the notes of the case, uh, the ruling that was issued, less than 1%. I think it's even less than a half a percent of underage minors have ever even tried and gotten caught trying to 
get their hands on a premium cigar. I was just going to ask you that. Like, how do they prevent, like, even with alcohol delivery, do you have to sign a disclaimer that you're, you know, you're above 21? Well, you have to show an ID when it's delivered. Oh, I see. Which I don't know how many times I've done that when Uber Eats or DoorDash (laughs) delivers. I don't think I've ever pulled my ID out. (laughs) I have gray in my beard, so maybe that does it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not... And you have a beard. <laughs> That's a good point. You actually have gray? I don't even notice I that. Do. Yeah. I do have a little gray. Look at you. I'll show you later, Ben. All right, yeah. Up and, up close and personal. You got it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a big win. And I would love to see that expanded. You know, mm. I'll give you a good example. Where my parents are out in northeast Pennsylvania, there is no local tobacco shop. I mean, you can't. We're lucky in New Jersey. I, I know for so many listeners out there, there is the exclusive way that they get tobacco delivered to them, you know, cigars delivered to them is via, you know, mail, mail order. But to be able to sit at my parents' house and there be a tobacconist that's able to deliver like this. That's cool. I mean, that would be a game changer. It is. It's a game changer. Oh, yeah. It's huge because you just think of how many tobacconists out there have shops that are in areas without a lot of foot traffic. Right, like they're not naturally able to have customers just coming in and out every day. The idea that they could not have to ship this out in a very expensive way and deal yeah. with packaging and all this stuff, just literally hand an order to a dasher and go bring it to someone's home, it, it would be game changing for a lot of these It's a great opportunity to expand their revenue for sure. Yep. Yeah, and also access. I mean, think about if you're at a, a bar or something, right? And there's an outdoor patio that they allow cigar smoking, but they don't sell cigars. They mm-hmm. say, hey. Here's a DoorDash, you know, QR code. Oh, that's cool. Pump it, you know, scan it on your phone, and they'll oh, deliver yeah. the cigars in a half hour, 40 wow. minutes after your meal. Tremendous. Like, that's that's a game changer. That's tremendous. Not only for the tobacconist, but also for that bar mm-hmm. to, cont- you know, keep serving and keep you there. I mean, it's just, it, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah. Have you come back, actually, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yep. And good for DoorDash. Smart. Because I'm sorry, they took a risk. That's a huge risk. Huge risk. They could get skewered by, you know, every industry opponent that we know obviously goes after cigars. Gasp. <laughs> and and they weren't afraid. I give them a lot of credit. So I got to say, boys, this Mount Gay XO rum is fantastic. It's a home run. Excellent. Yeah. I feel like I'm in Havana. I oh, do yeah. too. Like, it's really that close for me. And I know there's, you know... Havana, you know, Cuban rum purists out there who think we're crazy, but as far as United States being able to go to a liquor store and buy some rum that's mm-hmm. as close as you can get, this is it so far. Yeah. And for 50 bucks, game changer. This is literally going to change my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's I can only visit Cuba so many times during a year, so I'm without Havana Club for a good portion of the year. Mm-hmm. The fact that now I'm going to be able to get this stuff, this is going to... Did you Keep go through happy. the six bottles you brought back? I didn't bring back six. I thought you did. What do you think, I'm Gizmo? <laughs> Where was yeah, I resent the implication. Yeah, Mr. 400 Cigars. <laughs> In support of the Cuban people. No, I think I brought back uh, four, four bottles. Four? Yeah. Nice. Gizmo drank one of them. By and, himself. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And uh, I think I have two left. I'm taking hits, Bam. <laughs> I can see that. I'm taking hits, man. I've I've got a little a liter bottle uh, like there you mm, go there you go nice Everybody I got is. it from Cartagena <laughs> oh nice so it boys the, the end of the summer is coming unfortunately Labor Day is in a few days can't believe how quickly the summer went by man it flew by it did this year 
knitting. This yeah, is the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fourth super quarter's fast. coming. It's crazy. So end of summer, obviously getting into what I think is better outdoor smoking weather. Obviously, yeah. sometimes in the summer, you know, you have those those nights that are just wonderful. But maybe it's two or three nights of the week you can do it. But oh. between weather, humidity, and just temperature. September through October is tremendous. In Perfect. Evenings, oh, yeah. beautiful. Can't wait to light a fire. Oh, yeah. Sit outside. Yeah. It's been a light while. Up. Yeah. It's been a while. I got a lot of cigar boxes to burn. <laughs> yeah, yes, we too. do. So we do I, actually. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Oh, yeah. And they light up really fast. Good, oh, yeah. Good kindling. So what are your Labor Day plans? Anything, uh, anything planned with the family, kids, smoking? Uh, maybe Sagamore. Oh, okay. It'll be our second time going. I love it. It's a great spot. So do you go up there for the whole week? Just a few days? A few days. Four hour drive. Yeah. Good meals. Good cigar. Uh, not four hours. Something like that. Three it's hours? right by Lake George. Uh, I don't drive. My wife doesn't let me drive. Wait, she, are you serious? She drives? Yeah. She, drives? I, she, I, she <laughs> thinks, yes. Hold the phone. All right. She thinks I'm a bad driver. Wow. You need a Tesla. And, and, and your wife and is a letter. better driver she's a pretty good driver so i'd like to leisurely sit back in my passenger side and just chill on i'm on you, my phone bam so, is a passenger princess hold uh-huh. on so your rims are in one piece <laughs> wow they are you are a lucky man now i know where you're going because on our previous car the, the rims were dinged up but i had a conversation with her i said honey look this is a scratch. That's a scratch. You get that when you touch the curbs. Stay away from the curb. We're good. And she does. She does. She toes wow. the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's One of a good. kind. Yeah. Yes. I um, I exclusively drive all the time. <laughs> no knock on Mrs. Gizmo, but. All right. Yeah. Same. I'm always driving. Yeah. My wife, I mean, I wish she would offer to drive, but she doesn't. <laughs> it's like, no, you drive. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm looking for someone to do you, drive. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> do you really wish you would offer to drive? Sometimes, yeah. I don't. Sometimes, you know, for a long drive, I'm like, I don't mind. I got, I got a, I got a kid in the house going to college, so that's going to mm. consume the end of August. Yeah, early that's September. another thing. Got to help the kids move back into college. Yeah, yep. that's those, yeah. that's my Labor Day plan. That's, that's a lot of work. Up. A yeah. lot of work. And then work gets really busy for me in the fall, so mm. there's not a lot of like getting away. Hopefully, we'll be able to go to Cuba later this year, but nice. we'll see. Mm. Yeah, we might do like Whiteface, Lake Placid. Nice. Um, end of summer? End of summer. There you go. Yeah, then we, we might do like, go like right after Labor Day. Yeah. Senator, how about you? Very low key. I mean, it's my birthday around that time. That's right. And uh, my, uh, I'll, be, I'll be hanging with my son. My wife's off to Cabo. Oh, there you go. Oh, nice. Nice, dude. Bachelor. Girls trip. Yeah. I've done a few Cuba trips, so, you know, I've got to I've got to pay it forward. And plus, I'm not looking to get on like a six-hour flight just to go to a nice beach. So yeah, man. she's going with her girlfriends. I'll be home. I'll be smoking a lot of these, and yeah. I'll be enjoying it. You put yeah. Senator Junior right behind the glass door and show him how to smoke a cigar. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I feel I like he well. already knows. <laughs> I feel like the kid is already uh, reaching for cigar aficionado. He's reaching yeah, he for padrones. That's, That's right. It's true. <laughs> Little Lizard. His favorite magazine is CA. That's awesome. So, boys, we're into the last third here of the- No complaints at all. Yeah, I love I it. I got to say. And the pairing is just, I can't get over it. So, Pagoda, when was the last time you had the cigar? Was it really that long? Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't really, you know, the thing that I stopped pursuing them and I stopped uh, um, purchasing them 
Mm. So it's been a while. And then, you know, it's not carried in most of the cigar stores anyway. So it's not something you can go and just pick them up. Um, and I, yeah, I haven't really ordered them online as well. Um, for some reason, I think I, I started leaning more towards Tabernacle. After the Gigante, I got in Tabernacle. And that's uh, a little more preferred uh, cigar for me now. Uh, Tabernacle and then obviously the Liga 9. So I would give this out at parties. I would too. Yeah. To the novice and to the seasoned cigar smoker for the price point, I'd smoke this with them happily. I think I would go with the Robusto. Yeah, maybe yeah. Not, not this ring gauge. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. But the point. cigar itself, I, I think it's a great point. Yeah. That oh, it yeah. has versatility that it's it's got a smooth delivery that mm -hmm. someone who's inexperienced can very much handle this yeah. and someone who is more experienced there's enough flavor in here to really keep them interested and, and a good, I, good price point yeah great price don't mind handing them. and i could you know for a summer barbecue if there's a big group or even a fall like pre-halloween party which we sometimes do it's a great cigar for anybody great smoke output as well so yeah. people feel they're really enjoying it as and well. the flavors yeah. is right there yes. And I think it's pretty accessible, especially if you mm. hand it to someone who's not very experienced after a meal. I think this cigar is going to do very well for them. Yeah. You know, like if you, you talk about the, you know, the community dad's events that you do and stuff for charity. This is a perfect this cigar for that event. In price, in oh, flavor. Tremendous. In construction. Absolutely. I think it's perfect for yeah. that. Yeah. 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 100%. And, you know, to Pagoda's point about uh, some of the foundation stuff not being widely available at mm. retailers, I think the Olmec is probably helping his lines show up there because I see them everywhere. The Olmec, the Olmec line? I see everywhere. To the point, to the point, I didn't even realize that was a foundation cigar. Yeah, I've had a few of those. I've haven't had a bad one, but you know they do need to sit for a bit. How would you compare that to this? Uh, it's it's a different experience. I like this better. Really, uh, I do, I do. First cigar was a winner for Nick Malilo. Oh, that's actually amazing to hear you say that. Yeah, it, because it's more substantial and it lasts longer. The flavor profile for both are pretty good, but there's, there's just something about this that I'm gravitating to right now. I like it. Would you say the Olmec is like a more of a medium smoker? Yeah, it's definitely medium. There's a Maduro, um, which is eh, a little bit harsh, but um, overall good. Yeah, this is actually a little they, bit... They do this out. in the Maduro as well. I just had it once. I, I really didn't enjoy it the time I had it because... You know, it depends on what you're smoking in, you know, in those periods of time. And um, But I, I don't want to give his Maduro a shot because I'm a big Maduro guy. And it's like, uh, uh, but I've always, I remember I always preferred this um, to the Maduro at that point in time when they'd come up with the Maduro as well. So I will say, I mentioned I've had the Maduro. I've never had this. I, I think this is better. This is, right? Yeah. The, the Maduro, it's just not as smooth as this cigar. You've had this in a Maduro? Yeah. Really? The Wise Man Maduro. Ah, okay. Never it's had It's a that. red label. It's a red label. Exactly. Okay. And it's a good cigar. There's nothing wrong with it, but this has just a smoother, more complex delivery. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was more simple, straightforward, You know, maybe a little bit fuller, but not delivered as elegantly as this is. Yeah. And I think to Pagoda's point, I think it's that Corojo 99 wrapper that we've mentioned so many times on the podcast that's appeared in so many cigars that we've enjoyed. Yeah. And a lot of them are those, we call it lower budget Nicaraguans, that under 12, you know, under 15, under 12 kind of price point that have been absolute slam dunks for us. This, th that tobacco's appeared quite a bit. Oh, I think the rating on this is going to do really well with us for a $10 budget cigar. 
this is just incredible. Yeah, I think so. And even though it's a Toro, and it, like when I saw the cigar, I felt a little, oh my Lord, this <laughs> is uh, uh, significantly larger than what I'm smoking nowadays. It uh, isn't, oh my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, overall, you know, it's it's been smoking well. So uh, no complaints so far. So the other nice thing about the end of summer, boys, is thankfully it'll be the end of the spotted lanternflies, ah. which have invaded both of my businesses they've and be- my home. They've become Senator's arch enemies. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I I wish I could get like a flamethrower and just burn them all, but apparently that's not advisable because I looked into this. <laughs> it, it, what? You can't burn them? You burn your house down. <laughs> no, it, it, it's like something about... Do they survive the flame? It like puts out a scent that attracts more. Oh, I, believe God. me, I, oh, wow. I thought this may be my solution. I would have bought like a blowtorch <laughs> or like one of those things for a creme brulee and just like burn them all. It, that's not... Pooba's lighter. Pooba's lighter. That's right. Yeah. What's strange is we live in the same town. I've yet to see one anywhere in my neighborhood. Yeah, we, oh so my the, so the, when, I, when I got to the lounge today... Giz and I pulled in at the exact same time. There was one literally crawling up the side of the building. What? Really? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. You, they're, the thing is, you don't notice them unless you're looking for them. You know what's funny? I see them in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Hmm. Oh, wow. I do see them there. You know what's interesting, too, is when you try to kill them, which... They're not easy. The they're state... Not. They jump. They, like, jump like... Yeah. Cri- like like, yeah. uh, like, like so crickets. Fast. Really? Yeah, hmm. they're real fast. Hmm. But they're just are such they, a, Are they harmful? Like they're just they're it's extremely harmful. Yeah, it's an invasive species. So basically, once they whatever foliage they get onto, they kill it. Mm. Like completely kill it. If you Google this, there are articles of people who have literally had like thirty, fifty thousand dollars worth of damage at their property. It kills trees, entire trees, the whole tree. It whatever it it is sucking out of the tree ends up killing it. The whole thing rots. You have to remove it. People have lost like 50 trees. Jesus. If you have a property with a lot of trees and you have no choice but to remove them, the tree's going to fall and hit your house. It's a Jeez. dead tree. So, Let me tell you, that's not cheap either. No, no, no. trees out? No, 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 no you're no. talking Oof. a grand, two grand, some trees just some to remove. More than that, yeah. It's crazy. So I got very scared. I Last year is when like, the state put out a warning. It started last year. Yeah. yeah. If you see them, kill them immediately. They destroy everything. And I was so thrilled. I said, wow, somehow I haven't really seen any on my property. No issue. Yeah, good. Fast forward to this year. I was mm. trimming the hedges, as you guys uh, enjoy uh, hearing. <laughs> In the his only, boat shoes. The only thing Senator's I do. Senator's green thumb. The only thing I do. <laughs> and as I'm doing this. <laughs> Is it battery powered? It is. It's electric. Oh, of course it's electric. Oh, it's the best. I'm starting way better. It's it, the best. If you're going to tell me that you need a gas-powered head trimmer, yeah, no, you're being ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. It doesn't require much power. <laughs> really? It's so much easier. I, I, <laughs> how's your husk varna trimmer going along? Steel. Steel. He likes steel. steel. Okay. He likes steel. Steel even makes electric products now. They do how about this? I have these uh, one which electric, which had a cord. I cut oh. two cords down. I'm done. Yeah, you got to cut the cord. You need yeah. the battery power. But I the battery power. And they last yeah. so long because it doesn't require a lot of power to power just That like happens though, Pagoda. happens. If you're rambunctious I'm and you're an, just going through it. I'm a novice. Yeah. All right. That's all right. So I'm out there trimming the hedges and all of a sudden I'm like, what are these red things? And I'm like, holy shit, it's the lantern flies. And I just saw one or two at first. Okay, no big deal. Then I start seeing a bunch of them and they're all just kind of buried in the different bushes and stuff in Damn. my uh, my back and side yard. And uh, 
thankfully I caught it early. So last year, if you call like any pest company, there was like no solution to these. They don't have a pesticide for this? No. No, they don't. But they have figured something out because Horizon Pest Control that everybody in this area pretty much uses, I call them because I have them do a whole plan, uh, the whole program for me annually now. And uh, they do have something to get rid of them. They sprayed every single hedge, tree, everything vinegar around my property no no this no? is like some really because it's the same thing that they they do like a combo spray it's like uh, uh ticks mosquitoes lanternflies all this stuff kid you not fast forward a week after they sprayed everything i was finding dead ones mm. dramatically less and now at this point whenever i see them they're just like belly up they're dead That's it's great. amazing which has saved my my plants and stuff. Course, it's yeah, like it's I don't want it. them all to yeah. die. And the bush that I found the most on, half of it is like completely dying oh, because they were, you know, preying awful. on it basically. So I caught it just in time before it caused a serious problem. But you know, it cost me like six hundred dollars to have oh them like gosh. spray all this shit. So landscaping's expensive. You know, yeah. all the hedges and bushes, it's not cheap. You know, well, this but, isn't even landscaping. This is just pest control. But the, <laughs> well, if it's on a bush, if it's on half it. a bush, yeah, yeah. They're beautiful looking though. They are. They, they're, that's that's the crazy thing. They're actually like probably the like nicest looking bug you'll ever see. But they cause more damage than any bug, honestly, you could possibly have. Wow. Period. Hmm. I've also noticed this year there have been some really aggressive hornets or wasps that have been building like these really weird looking nests around where I smoke outside really? on my deck. You gotta have this sprayed too. Wait I have. I have, I have the, the company do that. Well, I have the spray. I just. I just on get your them. house. They're no, building. No. Yeah. Forget the spray. Yeah. There is some crazy commercial grade stuff that oh these God. companies have. Is this stuff that it like will, like after they're done two weeks later, there's like an another no, ear growing no, out of no, your no. head or something? <laughs> no, 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 it's it's. No, no. I mean, <laughs> one, one hour later, you're totally in the clear. Just for an hour, you you're not. You shouldn't go in those areas. Is this a basically. Monsanto product? It's not. It's not. I'm telling you, it's safer. They because all this stuff is so regulated. Hey, safe for kids, no, safe for your other pets. head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. This is the first year I've lived in my house here, I don't know, uh, four years. I've never had problems with like bees or wasps. This year, these like big aggressive wasps were all coming around the house. Wow. They were everywhere. I had this company come, gone. You guys must live in an outback because I don't get any of this. Well, you know, I have just straight woods all. Oh, that's my true. House. I do too. Yeah. I have a lot yeah. of woods. Yes, that's I use, true. I use Terminix. So you do live in the outback. <laughs> <laughs> so they, we've been using them for the last five years now. Mm. They come in and spray that's inside correct. of the house, outside the house, because we get these cave crickets in the basement in the lower level of the house because mm-hmm. they love near the cigar tower. <laughs> yeah, they get into the house. They used to, yeah. I haven't seen them in like a couple of years oh, now, okay. but yeah, interesting. They can because they like moisture and they like you know sure. because we have so much woods and then you have the lake right there. Yeah. So because the combination of the water and the trees, he's got everything in the house. He had a raccoon cup through his ceiling. Terminex doesn't have a uh, raccoon plan for you. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, too- no choking plan or. <laughs> <laughs> Get a big burly guy with gloves coming onto the property. <laughs> Mr. Rooster, I got it. Like, no, I got it. I got it. The rooster rooster says, doesn't pay I'll for join that. you. I'll join you too. <laughs> you need a hand? Oh, man. Pests, oh, man. Coming to the last third. Yeah. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> so, boys, we're coming to the end of the Toro Huaco. 
from El Wawense, and our pairing tonight, the Mount Gay XO Rum. Before we rate it, any final thoughts here? What are you guys thinking? Uh, great pairing. Overall, a rich experience. I'm very happy with, from a budget standpoint, I think this is oh, dude. budget, win, flavor, construction, pairing. The so rum, the, obviously. The larger bottle was 50 bucks. How much is this little bottle that we have here? Do we know that? Uh, it was a gift from Eddie Malmo, so, uh, but I'm assuming it's probably half, 30 bucks. 35. Yeah, 30 bucks, 35 wow. bucks. Wow, and a $10 st- Yeah, incredible. It's a $40 experience. So, boys, you ready to do the uh, formal liquor rating on the Mount Gay XO rum? Yeah. All right, bam, you're up. I got to go nine on this thing. All right. It's delicious. It drinks really easily. Beautiful, delicious, really satisfying. Nine. Pagoda. You're between an eight and a nine. All right, I'll go. I'll go with a nine as well because I haven't put a chip of ice, and I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, and it's fantastic. My man, Senator. Easily a nine. Mm-hmm. I even flirted with a ten. Mm. The only reason I didn't give it a ten, I can't ignore. Like Havana Club Seven is like twenty dollars, and makes me so happy. And that I'm pretty sure I gave a ten. This is 55 bucks, so this is priced like you know a, a good premium spirit. Um, so the value is not as extraordinary as that, but this is smooth, flavorful, has body, doesn't need any ice. I, I'm almost talking myself into a tennis. I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say a 10. All right. All right. So you you stole my thunder, <laughs> but I'm I'm I've been at a 10 on this since the first sip. This is the best rum that I've had outside of Havana. Well done. Hands down. Um, I love the the four square that we did on the podcast twice now. Once we didn't rate, once we did. Um, that's a 10. This, for what it is, for the price, for the drinkability, no ice, the viscosity, I can go on and on and on. This is absolutely a 10 for me. No question about it. There you go. Brilliant, brilliant rum. The rating is excellent. 9.5, boys. That's amazing. Excellent. It's perfect. I mean, it 95 per- all yep. day on this. What a revelation, honestly. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And we have to say thank you again to Eddie Mau for this gift. because Mau Mau. He, he, he turned us on to it for sure, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go buy this tomorrow. Nice. All right, boys, you're ready to do the formal lizard rating now on the El Wawense Toro Huaco. Can I just say something quickly on the rum? Sure. The one thing that I desperately hope they do is change the packaging Mm. because this drinks like such a premium spirit and it's the packaging is so simple it looks it looks the branding is not very impressive it's It's not not, good and and it really deserves to be presented better and i say it's understated extremely yeah extremely i mean i say this because even bottles that have looked good enough they improve and upgrade their branding. I mean, we did uh, recently a cognac, a Corvassier VSOP. Corvassier used to come in a different bottle with this blue label. They now change it. It's a white label. It looks like a single malt scotch bottle. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's That's white, a 40, white and red. Yeah. $40 spirit. And they've done that. This is a $55 spirit. It drinks like a $80, $90 spirit. I just really hope that they upgrade the the packaging because... I hope this business does extremely well. This is great stuff. So let's compare it to some of the other rums that we've done. We mentioned a few of them on the on the pod tonight. 
So we did the Havana Club seven year out of Cuba. That was a nine point eight, which obviously, I, I, again, to your point, Senator, I think is factoring in price and obviously the value, sure. the value there. No question. Santiago de Cuba twenty year was a ten. Well deserved. No question about yep. that. And then we did the four square rum uh, exceptional cast selection, which was a nine point zero. We did the Barbon Court fifteen year, which was a very very weak four point six. That was horrible. Wow. <laughs> that was really bad. That could be used on these uh, flies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they spray. Maybe they spray They'd the bar- spray they spray the bar- court. department court on the spotted lantern that's flies. What it is, yes. They're all drunk now. It's great. <laughs> that's why they're drunk belly up. and dead. And the other one that we mentioned tonight, I think this is the last one that we mentioned, was the Appleton Estate Twelve, which got an eight point three. So at, at a 9.5, I think this slots in perfectly rating-wise yeah. versus the other rums that we've done. It's uncanny how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting good at this, Pam. We are. This rating stuff. All right, boys, you ready to do the formal lizard rating now on the El Wawense Toro Huaco? Rooster, you're up. Uh, for me, it's a 7. Okay. Wow. I'm wow. surprised to hear that, given your experience. I mean, it's it's okay. It's a little flat for me. It's It's not... You know, I, would I go out and buy a whole box of these cigars? I wouldn't. Yeah. If I was in a bind, I might pick one up if there was really nothing else. Because there's some other ones that we that we have had in the past that I really enjoyed more. So yeah, it's between a seven, seven and eight, but I think a seven is that's my score. I think it's because it's Pagoda cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I think should there's still a, a little bad blood. It should, be a, it should the, be a two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't put well, it down. <laughs> you're actually, by the way, that's a Zeno in your hand with a band on it. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> Senator. I'm at an eight, um, a solid eight. I haven't had any rough edges throughout my smoking experience. I, I think the first thing that stood out is the construction. It's extremely well constructed, great draw, um, mostly invisible seams. Um, I, their, their whole, like their labels, their branding, it's, um, it's a little eccentric in some ways, but I actually kind of like it for some reason. And, um, the cigar itself, the flavor, it had flavor notes that I enjoy. Um, I liked a little bit of the coffee that was in there. I liked a little of the sweetness. Any of the cedar notes were never overpowering, which would have definitely knocked it down for me. The pepper was there, but not as aggressive as, um, What's the brand I'm forgetting right now? Tatuaje. Not as aggressive as a Tatuaje, which was good. And so um, I would smoke this again. I would definitely pick up a smaller ring, uh, not as large a ring gauge, just because I don't mm-hmm. smoke Toros all that often. But the fact that in a Toro, I'm actually enjoying this a lot, speaks volumes to me about this cigar. And um, I'm a sucker for a Nicaraguan Puro as well. I think that's where you, you know we're getting all this great flavor from. So... I'm very pleased. I give it an eight. Yeah, good score. So I'm also at an eight. I I think, you know, for everything you guys have just said, you know, the cigar is not really in my wheelhouse per se in size. It's not something I can see, like Rooster said, about, you know, running out and buying a box or even a fiver. But for what it was for this experience, you know, calling back to what Senator often says about a new cigar experience we have that's, that's great or good, it's like if I walked into a humidor and this is a cigar that was there and I didn't know much else, I'd be totally happy to pick this up. No question. So for me, it's an eight 
I'm curious how the Robusta would do. Maybe we do that next in the line. Sure. Uh, you know, in a future episode, but an eight all day, I think that's uh, that's that's right where I'm at. Pagoda. I think that's a really fair score. I, you know, for me, it's a solid eight. Um, and also because of my history with it, um, if it was something different, I don't know whether I'd be rating an eight. I'd be maybe closer to a seven. I don't know. I've been between a seven and eight throughout. Um, definitely an eight for me. Bam. Yes. Uh, this is a unique new world. I haven't had one like this. So for that and the way it's performing, it's an eight. It's delicious, really easy to smoke, beautifully made. But again, those notes are unique. You know, you don't get that in a lot of new worlds. So the formal lizard rating boys on the El Wednesday Toro Huaco is a 7.8, which I think is a perfect score. I don't know. I think it's a little low. I'd like the complex. This is a complex cigar for 10 bucks. What did you give the CAO the... I think I gave it an eight, if I remember correctly. I think I gave it the same. Yeah, yeah. I preferred that over this. It's the strength mm, of that that I, I know would appeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, this just kind of it, like I needed some more out mm-hmm. of the. Yeah. yeah. The other thing too is uh, you know apples to apples. I'm curious how this would perform compared to the BX3 in a robusto. Yeah, true. Right. You know, it, I I don't know if we would have given the score that we did to the BX3 if that was in a Toro, in a 56 ring gauge cigar. I yeah. don't know if that would have performed like I that I would for guess us. that if we did the Robusto, your score would probably be an eight. Maybe. Yep. And I, I think, think we would maintain an eight all the way around. I think that's probably where it would end up. I'm yeah. Guessing. But I think a 7.8 is a fair score for yeah, the cigar. Yeah, it's a good score. It's a good yeah, recommend. It's definitely yeah. recommend. Yeah. And we're talking, again, we're talking about a, a budget cigar. Dude, 10 bucks. You know, to give you 90 minutes of, of a really nice smoking experience. Oh, yeah. We didn't fight it at all with draw, with nope, burn, yeah. with, with construction. I mean, it performed great. And tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, boys, a great pairing tonight. A 9.5 for the Mount Gay XO Rum and a 7.8 for the El Wawense Toro Huaco. It's it's really amazing. I you know I keep asking myself what would I rate it going back into 2015, and at that point in time it was definitely a nine for me. I just think uh, either it's uh, my palate evolving or my f- flavor profile has changed a little bit. Um, it, it's it's interesting. It's um, it's not something I really go out and seek, you know, even today. Um, uh, but uh, definitely, you know, uh, I was reminiscing about the past, smoking this. Um, it's a really good cigar just to hand out to people. Well, I was just about to say, the versatility yeah. of handing this out to a group, I think that matters for me. Yeah, and most importantly, being able to smoke it with that group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not wanting to reach for something else. I mean, no. That's why I gave it an eight. For me, if I would have given it a seven, it's something that, like, sure, maybe for a novice cigar smoker, I'd hand out and they would enjoy, but I couldn't as nearly as much and i think i would enjoy this just as much as anybody it wouldn't be my finisher i would you know this would you know why again this goes to the point rooster and i always go back and forth on if rooster's looking to have one or two cigars i get why this doesn't cut it for him but for me if i'm going to have four or five cigars like this could be my first second even third cigar that's right and then i'm going to have like a padrone or something with more flavor as my fourth or fifth so it it slots in well in in an instance like that yeah yeah, I would hand this to everyone else, but I'll I'd smoke, I'd smoke something else. A Zeno. Ladies and gentlemen, classic rooster. Yeah, it would be a Zeno, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> so, Rooster, thank you for these awesome cigar stands. Yeah, yeah. very nice. And Rooster. we have to shout out again, Troy Woodworks, Habano Troy, for this. Uh, you know, yeah. I just realized it does, it does have a bottle opener. What? Wow. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Look at that. There's a bottle opener on it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Every lizard oh, needs to run out and grab these right now. So this wow. is cool. Yeah. Tell Habano Troy that we sent you, TroyWoodworks.com. Nice. All right. And uh, we have to thank Eddie Mau Mau, too, for the, uh, yeah. the Mount Gay. Yes. Lizard Mau Mau, thank you. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, great guy. All right, boys, again, so a 9.5 for the Mount Gay XO Rum and a 7.8 for the El Wawense Toro Huaco. Excellent night, boys. We'll see you all next week. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.